as we usually do, we uh, begin this new week of this morning with this morning fact checker. This is how we debunk misinformation based on real evidence, real facts. We try to set the record strike with all the fake news going about here in the media. And joining us on the line once again is our resident fact checker, Jamie Sung. Hello. Good morning, Henry. Good morning to you, Jamie. We're going to begin with this uh, idea that uh, the uh, doctor's strike is some kind of uh, unionist movement. Now, uh, there are people who have uh, very strong opinions about that, saying that this is not legal in the sense that they are not a legally sanctioned or recognized trade union. Uh, The ironic aspect of this, Jamie, is that uh, typically conservative politicians and conservative media have been quite critical of unionized movements or collective action by um, employees or workers. Uh, That's not the case with the the doctors who are going on these uh, uh, walkouts or refusal or boycotts to to work. Um, For example, Hong Jun-pyo saying that this doctor's fight should uh, spearhead a fight against left-wing corruption, meaning that um, if you are a a progressive person, we don't like like you taking collective action, but if you are somewhat conservative-minded, like these doctors seem to be, uh, we are definitely on your side. However, this is a bit of a flip-flop, right, Jamie? Because just five years ago, under the previous conservative administration, the then uh, party, the conservative party known as Senuridang, those lawmakers were actually the ones who uh, first proposed to establish public medical schools, which is, of course, what these doctors are angry about. That's right, Henry. So this shows that this is not the first time that public medical schools or the issue was brought up to address physician shortages, because 48 lawmakers of Tenuri Party, uh, like you said, the predecessor of the now People Power Party or the United Future Party until last week, proposed a bill to found public medical schools in May 2015, to address the same issues that the current administration is seeking to solve, such as doctor shortage, concentration of physician workforce in Seoul and the greater metropolitan area, and uh, most doctors' aversion to working in remote areas. The bill also included providing full rights to all public medical school students, provided they will work at public medical institutions for 10 years after graduation. Uh, the health ministry under the previous Park administration was also favorable toward the bill, saying that the current medical education system was limited in supplying sufficient physician workforce. And the education ministry also uh, supported the bill, agreeing that doctor shortage would begin in 2024. After that, the bill was tabled to the National Assembly's Health and Welfare Ministry uh, Welfare Committee for further discussion. But the bill was laid aside without action when the 19th National Assembly's term came to an end a year later in May 2016. So 48 lawmakers, as you mentioned, uh, from the Senuri Party uh, supporting this bill for a public medical school. Now, that's not all their members, but uh, and they had a lot more members back then than they do now. But that's still a significant uh, per- percentage of the conservative party, considering that uh, you actually, by National Assembly law or rules, uh, you only need 10 to actually have a bill officially proposed, right? Right. And they included current Conservative Party's floor leader, Chu Ho-young, and former floor leaders, Kim Jong-tae and Shin Dae-chul. 
So this shows that addressing doctor shortage was also pretty high up on the list of priorities of the main opposition party back then. So it's interesting because uh, they have now, and you hear it from the doctors who are opposed to this, uh, basically kind of deriding a lot of people here saying these public medical schools, they're going to be inferior. Uh, We're going to have like less qualified people get in. And even some people saying go as far all these progressive groups who uh, are part of NGOs, they want their kids to go into medical school, but they're not smart enough to get into real medical school. So they want to propose these public (laughs) schools to to get in. Uh, It's hard to uh, explain their flip flop on this. But I guess the argument that the conservative side is making is that, well, we're in a pandemic and the government should not have been bullying and pushing. Pushing uh, this type of policy at this point in time, even though back then, long time ago, that we did um, uh, uh, propose this ourselves. So it leaves them in an awkward situation, certainly for sure. Let's talk about the pandemic as a whole, because as we know, uh, Korean residents who go in self-isolation after being uh, confirmed or infected with COVID-19 and diagnosed after a kit um, you do have to keep other people safe, so you re- restrict movement as well as restrict contact with other people. However, one notorious uh, infected COVID-19 patient is the uh, right-wing activist Cha Myung-jin. He tested positive after attending the infamous Gwangamun Independence Day rally. Uh, he's now complaining that he somehow did not receive the same test kit as the uh, Democratic Party leader right now, Ina Gyan. Uh, first, what is he talking about? Where is he coming from? So uh, people receive uh, these COVID-19 quarantine kits, including food and uh, sanitary items. And mm-hmm. he's saying that he didn't receive the same kit that Inagyan received. And Chan Myung-jin, as you know, is a former Liberty Korea Party lawmaker who lost in the April general election after making ludicrous allegations against Seoul Ferry disaster victims. And as you said, he went to the Gwangamun rally on August 15th, which started this whole research of coronavirus and caused the level 2.5 social distancing guidelines to be imposed in Seoul and the surrounding areas for two weeks now. And after the rally, he famously said in his Facebook post that the government and quote-unquote communist sympathizing media were lying about the rally participants being at risk from coronavirus when his mother called him sobbing and chided him for going. And in that same Facebook post, he asked how he could go about punishing the government and the communist sympathizing media for spreading such blatant lies. And he insisted that no one would get infected with coronavirus uh, from being outdoors. But the next day, he got tested, and he was confirmed to have gotten the virus the day after. And on the day his wife's self-isolation period was up, he posted another complaint on Facebook about how his wife has only received a thermometer disinfectant, masks, and plastic garbage bags, while DP leader Inagyan received food during quarantine, claiming not only the coronavirus, but also the quarantine measures are unfair. So basically saying um, uh, poor, victimized, conservative guys like me are being uh, treated very badly, whereas um, 
people like uh, Inagyan, the powerful uh, progressive politicians, are getting special treatment. That that seems to be the theme that we hear quite a bit uh, when 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 you hear these accusations uh, being made these days. Uh, and we know that Cha Myungjin is now trying to embark on a new career now as a uh, kind of YouTube personality. So uh, he does seem to have some incentive to try to stir the pot, which uh, is what he's been doing uh, for quite a while now. As far as this accusation of quarantine kits and being unfairly given to uh, some have better uh, kits than others, it, it might make some validity or sense if it was, let's say, Chawade Blue House officials who were individually packing these quarantine kits and then sending them out to, <laughs> to these various lawmakers. That's not the case, though, right? These survival kits are not sent out, not by Chawade or even the central government. They're sent out by the local government. So then the question is, is everyone supposed to receive the same, same set of items? So local governments do provide these quarantine survival kits with their own budget. And an Interior and Safety Ministry official has said that Everyone who becomes subject to self-isolation while residing in Korea is provided with the kit. But what is sent to them is 70 to 80 percent similar across the country, uh, as most kits include potable water, beverages, rice or microwavable rice, instant food uh, or uh, meal replacement, as well as plastic garbage bags, tissues, toothbrushes, soap and bathroom amenities. And the cost of the kits also varies by region, uh, with some local governments spending as much as 90,000 to 100,000 won per kit, or as little as 30,000 won per kit. Right. And if you haven't gone into isolation like I haven't personally, you you can see what these kits are by uh, some of the social media posts, right, by people who will uh, take photos of what they receive in the kits. And uh, largely most of that has been positive, like, oh, look how generous the government is uh, by giving us uh, these kits and all the food and all the other kind of uh, equipment that's involved with these kits. But it does make sense, as you say, that local governments are different because some have a bigger budget than others and some have maybe Mm -hmm. different policies of what they deem to be necessary to give to quarantined Patients, so uh, we will see some discrepancies there. Uh, what about then specifically uh, Kapyong County, Gyeonggi Province? Because that is where Cham Myungjin and his wife live, right? Right, right. The county does provide food items worth around a hundred thousand won, but a simple delivery mistake seems to have occurred since the county office did include Cham Myungjin's wife on the list of recipients when sending a delivery request to a local supermarket, but the kit didn't end up being delivered. Uh, and the office explained it was an honest mistake as they didn't even know that his wife lived in their county until he faced that post on Facebook. And they did send out the kit to correct the wrong, uh, which the wife initially turned down and wanted to send back, but then ended up accepting in the end. Yeah, so uh, it's unfortunate that what was... Uh, probably a, a bureaucratic oversight and, and just sort of a, a red tape mistake is going to lead to uh, more conspiracy uh, theory mongering by Cha Myungjin and give him more uh, ammunition to uh, spread some of these things that he is uh, want to do. But again, uh, he is embarking on uh, what he hopes to be a lucrative uh, YouTube career. So uh, this is sort of the strategy going forward. We have one more story to talk about, Jamie, and this is the controversy over uh, telecommunications companies and their alleged use of mobile location data without user consent. So the question then, is it true that they are retaining uh, customers' location data for three months without prior notification or obtaining consent? So SK Telecom and OLKT retained the data for three months and LGU Plus for six months after 
having customers give consent by signing the terms and conditions on the use of location-based services and location data. So technically, it is consensual, but experts do say that based on jurisprudence, a more explicit and clearer explanation and highlights are needed rather than just a simple notification embedded in the complicated terms and conditions. Some uh, There was a, a bit of a, a whistleblower situation. Can you talk about this uh, telecommunication company executive who said that uh, they were actually, these companies were starting to store location data in a separate database, uh, which began during the uh, 2015 MERS outbreak? Yeah, the unnamed executive claimed that a database was created to provide location data to health authorities in a speedy manner. But a relevant Korea Communications Commission official and an executive at a mobile service provider who worked closely with the government during the MERS outbreak said that database creation was not even brought up back then. And the main task was to contact customers individually to receive consent on providing their location data to health authorities. Uh, And the claim also doesn't add up considering the timeline since SK Telecom started storing location data for three months in 2005, and LGU Plus started that uh, in 2007. Well, this is sensitive in the, sense, in the fact that uh, all over the world, it's not just here uniquely in Korea, but there has been a big concern over privacy and user data and how it's being used by these huge uh, tech firms, uh, including Google or Facebook. And now we see here in Korea some of the uh, ire being uh, directed towards these uh, telcos. What about then the claim that these mobile service providers are misusing the location data by storing them in a separate database? Well, the key to personal information protection is decentralizing storage or data. So using a separate database itself wouldn't be such a problem as long as the service providers are destroying and de-identifying data after three or six months according to their terms of use. Again, the key here is to make sure they de-identify the location data after the storage period is up to prevent abuse or misuse of such sensitive personal information. All right. Well, we understand it a little bit better now. Jamie, as always, thank you for uh, clearing up all the misinformation, and we will talk to you again next week. Thank you. My pleasure, Henry. This Morning with Henry Shin on TBS EFM.